Well, hi folks, welcome to my daily teaching video. Hey, in today's video, I'm gonna jump into part two of my little mini series, all about habits, how to build habits, good habits, how to break bad habits. And in today's lesson, we're gonna really explore how God wants to use, how I believe God intended the power of habits to be something that works for us rather than works against us. Really important that we get this. We can learn to automate our Christian life. We can learn to get to the place where our senses, even our physical body is trained to respond and think and react in the way that God wants. Great teaching. Hey, let me do a few quick update things. I'm recording this uh, one on a Friday. Hey, this coming weekend, I'm gonna be preaching in New England, be in Sturbridge Worship Center Sunday morning at 10 a.m. New England Fellowship in Norwalk, Connecticut on uh, Sunday afternoon, 4 p.m. Uh, for the coming uh, weeks, I have uh, been in my churches at the weekend, but uh, next weekend I'm going to be in Binghamton area, Endwell, New York, near Binghamton, Johnson City area, with the great church there, Triumphant Life Church. Encourage you to be there if you're in that upper New York area. Uh, the last week, I'm going to be doing two services. I'm going to be doing a healing service in, with Lighthouse Church in Springfield, Mass area. I'm also going to be in War, War, Warwick or Warwick, near Providence, just south of Providence in Rhode Island on the last Wednesday of the month. Uh, so I encourage you, if you're in the New England area, to come to some of those meetings. Uh, what else is going on? Hey, if you're on our, new ch our YouTube channel, thank you to all of our new subscribers. We're getting people from all over the world now, especially the underground church, people in Egypt, in Iran, um, China, different places. So it is a joy to have you here. If we can help you in any specific way in your Christian walk, do let me know. If you haven't yet subscribed, I encourage you to hit the subscribe button down there. I have an email newsletter. I'll be sending one out later today, link below for that. And I'll also be doing a live mentoring session. Um, I believe the date is the 29th, but uh, go to my website and check that out. A Zoom call on a Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern. We're gonna be doing mentoring, asking and answering questions. So yeah, that's completely free. You can sign up and join that if you are interested. Hey, lastly, uh, as always, a big thanks to all of the partners of my ministry. We love and appreciate you. Thank you for your partnership and fellowship in the gospel. If you're not yet a partner, I really encourage you to pray about becoming one. We have people who send us a dollar a month, literally, and love that. And some people who can contribute thousands. And wherever you're at, everybody should be involved in missions at some level. Good. So let's talk about habits. Um, I began yesterday just really introducing this subject, and I think it's a, a vital and an important subject. I said yesterday that, in effect, I actually don't know what figure to put on it, probably 99.9% .9 of what we actually do, we do by habit. We, we don't do by conscious choice. I can choose right now, lift up right arm, put arm down, you know, I can, I can with my, conscience, my volition, choose to do things. <clears throat> and yet so much of what we do, both the internal functions of our body, but actually the internal functions of our mind, so much of how we react, how we respond, and how we see things 
are conditioned by the habits we've allowed um, to ingrain within us. And it really is important that we grasp this. So often I find Christians are looking for ministry, some kind of deliverance, or some anointing, or some, some great, uh, in French we call it le, the baguette magic. The magic, it's like somebody, want, somebody wants to be hit on the head with a magic wand or a magic baguette, the French would say, and zap, all their problems go away. And so often we practiced thinking in certain ways. And God, he's made us a new creation. When I came to Christ, I became instantly a new creation. God took me, Colossians 1.13, translated me from the kingdom of darkness and put me in the kingdom of the son of his love. Bunk, I'm in. And you know, guys, I am as much of a new creation as the Apostle Paul was, as Peter was, as anybody you might to choose, like to choose in history. In a sense, this will offend some people, I'm as much a new creation as Jesus. You say, who do you think you are? I'm in Christ Jesus. It's no longer I who live, Galatians 2.20. Christ lives in me. And the life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself for me. Now, so often you're sitting there going, well, whoopee, isn't that great? But Graham, I don't see that much change in my life. A lot of our problems is we come to Christ and in the spirit, our spirit dead outside of Christ, but a spirit comes alive in Christ. It's, it's not your body that is a new creation. It's actually, here's a really important thing to realize. It's not your soul, which is a new creation. It's your spirit. So in the spirit right now, I'm seated in heavenly places. I'm in Christ Jesus. I'm joined one with the Lord, 1 Corinthians 6, 17, Ephesians 2, 6. I'm full of his righteousness, his joy, his victory, his life, uh, his knowledge, his health, everything he has as he is, so we in this world. I have all of those things right now. Why don't I see some of them? Well, what we've actually got to do is by faith, we bring them from heavenly places into our life. We've got to bring them in. But what we've actually got to do is learn to practice these things. You know, the challenge for us as Christians is not in the spirit. And our challenge is not in our bodies. I mean, there's a challenge in our bodies in so much as that we should feed it, rest it, exercise it, keep it sexually pure, uh, present our bodies a living sacrifice to God, serve the Lord with them, live honorably. But on the whole, that's not where most of the problem lies. The problem actually lies in our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. And what where most of us are failing is that our old man still lives in our habits. If I had a habit of being negative before I came to Christ, where every time I see something, I immediately respond, oh, that's not going to work. Oh, that's a bad thing. Oh, it, the sun won't shine today. Oh, this, this tower will fall down, <laughs> whatever that may be. If I've conditioned myself, and I'll explain tomorrow how habits are formed and how habits are broken. But if I've learned to react and respond in certain ways, I come to Jesus, the life of Jesus is in me, but all of those habits are still there. That's why the Apostle Paul says in Romans 12, verse 2. Let's go there. I'm going to quote this, but sometimes it's good to turn and look at something. Romans 12. Let me read verse 1. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be 
conform to the world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What will that do for me, Paul? That you may prove what is the good, acceptable and perfect will of the Lord. So we're called to present our bodies to him as a living sacrifice. Amen. And then to allow the Lord to renew our mind with the word of God. And what we've actually got to do is practice the ways of heaven. And these are the ways of heaven. The Lord said in Isaiah, my my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. But in effect, in the next verse, it's like he said, they can be. They really can be. He said, so is my word that comes down from heaven. It's like the rain that comes down, waters the earth, streams, sea, evaporates, go back. So he says, my word will not return to me void. And our job, our mission, our commission in the Christian life is to practice the word of God. Let me read another passage here and I'll end with this one in James chapter one. I love James. He's so cool. In James 1, at the end of James 1, verse 21, it says, Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. Receive with meekness the implanted word. What will it do? It's able to save your soul. That's the area that needs to be saved. <clears throat> you say, Graham, am I, am I not saved? Well, your spirit's saved. Your soul is a mess. <laughs> I love you. But often that's true. <coughs> Excuse me. Then he says how to save your soul. He says, be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. If anybody is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who observes his natural face in a mirror. For he observes, him, observes himself and goes away immediately and forgets what manner of man he was. But he looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in everything that he does. So James compares there and contrasts two men. One who looks in a mirror, sees what he looks like, but then he goes away and he forgets who he is. And that is actually the, the vicue, the lived experience of most Christians. They look in the mirror of God's word, they come to church, they hear somebody say, you're in Christ, you're a new creation, you are this. And then they go away and instantly forget what manner of man or woman they are. And they live, yeah, the, the image that the word tried to put in front of them is completely gone. And then James talks about another man who looks into that mirror. This time James calls it the, the perfect law of liberty. The word of God is the perfect law of liberty. And James talks about a man who looks <clears throat> into the word and continues therein. And James says that man will be blessed in all that he does. Yeah, and our, our thing is to practice looking into the word, is to create the habits where we surround ourselves with the word of God. Mm. I'll finish with this, but uh, <clears throat> it's um, 25 years ago, the Lord literally visited me, walked into my room today, blazing with his love and told me he loved me. And my life was absolutely transformed. And it really was by an experience. I had an experience of God's love that caused me to leave my job, 
my home, travel to Paris, join a Bible school, kind of leave everything, go follow Jesus. And for a season, I lived in the afterglow, if I can use that word, the, the after effect. I was the buzz, the experience of God's love. It was glorious. And then I noticed after a while, probably like the frog in the water principle, that I began to lose that experience. God's love, not God's love for me faded, but my experience of God's love began to fade. And I began seeking and fasting and praying, God, do you not love me anymore? Come and, come and give me another zap. Come and hit me with that magic baguette we talked about. Come, Lord, and touch me. Come and fill me. Come and visit me. And the Lord said to me something strange. He said, I want you to get every verse in the New Testament anyway, and more besides, on my love. And I want you to practice them. And every day I want you to go to them and say, 1 John 2 verse 5, Whoso keepeth his word, in him the love of God is perfected. Hmm. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we would be called the sons of God, 1 John 3 2. John 14, 9, as the Father loves me, so I love you. Continue, practice my love. Direct your hearts to the love of God. The love of God is being shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, Romans 5, 5. Get those verses and pray them and say them. <clears throat> and it's like in the Spirit, the Lord said, put your foot on them and say, this is true. I believe this, this is true. And I learned over a season that I, can, can, I came back to that same glorious experience of God's love. But it wasn't based on a goosebump. It wasn't based on a touch. It wasn't based on a heavenly visitation. It was based on this. Man shall not live by experience alone, bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Hey, I'll be back tomorrow with another lesson. What I'm going to do tomorrow is actually talk really practically about how we form habits and how we deconstruct habits, how we break habits. And if you have any questions, I'm going to end this teaching with a live Q&A. So drop me a line with those. Really love to hear from you. Blessings in Jesus' name and bye for now.